the weekly anime recap brought to you by the Show.com. We are back with another jam-packed filled week of episode reviews in the week of Isekai. Uh, and how are you all doing today? How are you, Dav? How are you all doing? Uh, I'm I'm shit, to be honest, mate. I <laughs> I am I am very ill. Uh, I am currently drugged up on um, cold and flu medication because uh, I've I have been ill the past two days. So, uh, I may not have the same level of energy I normally do. I might also have this. I might also have it. Who knows? We'll wait and see. But other than that, I'm pretty good. I had a good week. I had a good weekend. I went out on the weekend with Mikey to celebrate his birthday. Happy birthday, Mikey! Finally a one-year-older, slowly getting close to being an adult. So, um, you know, it's uh, we're getting there. Uh, how are you, Mike? How was your week? Well, funnily enough... I had a great weekend. I've been ill the past couple of days. Uh, two days to be exact. And uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a great weekend with Dab. Brilliant, brilliant weekend. Absolute fine time. But yeah, it seems like we called the court a cold from the same person. Except both of our missuses managed to escape it. So hey, sod's law, right, guys? Sod's law. Yeah, so there was a period of time where like they went somewhere and we went somewhere else because they need to go and pick something up from back from the house. So me and Mike were then on our own for a little bit. So I imagine that's when we caught the cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been run down for the past two days, but, you know, we're still here, uh, doing this show for you guys, um, drugged up on all sorts of, you know, lemsips and paracetamols and whatever else you take to avoid cold and flu. Yeah. Uh, plenty of, um, tissues to blow your nose with, uh, and, uh, as soon as this podcast is finished, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's but for the next for the next sort of two to three hours, depending on how long the podcast goes, I'll say one to three because I don't know how long it's going to be. Uh, I will do everything I can to put all of my energy into this for you guys uh, and not sound too tired or too snotty. I make the same promise, guys, but I'm not as nice as Dav. So if I sound snotty, fuck you all. I'm joking. Yeah, I Michael, love you Michael's all. Michael's just a really nasty person. And cruel. I bought him a really nice birthday present yesterday and you told me to go fuck myself. You know what? What's up, Mike? <laughs> what are you eating, Mike? What are you eating today? Uh, Lauren has made fried rice today, so it's got we got the rice with the soy sauce. We got sweet corn, peas, peppers, uh, chicken, chicken nuggets, chicken dippers, and eggs. So it's just um, a nice amalgamation of all things healthy. Uh, that sounds disgusting. Use the word healthy. I am not into it. Well, it's lovely. I, I wanna. I when I eat food, I want to taste the diabetes that I'm inevitably going to get. <laughs> oh, anyway, sh- shall we get into discussing the anime manaman and the shit that we've got to do? Because that's what the people are here for. They don't care about me. They don't care about you. They care about the pretty pictures on the screen. I mean, I'll give you something, guys. It is definitely a pretty picture. First up, we got high cards, as per usual. Uh. Interesting start this week, guys. Uh, start the episode started off with like a woman and these two guys praying to some kind of metal fire statue, and this week's been quite interesting in anime as a whole. We've seen quite a few Eng- uh, Japanese voice actors using English, uh, which is quite nice to hear. Um, uh, and they were they were chanting "Pray for the fire" in a in a Japanese accent, which was quite interesting. And, um, and then a card seems to appear out of thin air, which was the, the real interest there. It was like, okay, this, the card materialized. 
it was very very curious to see and it was exactly as it stated it was a fire card it was a pyromaniac card we learn that these three have lost a business partner in their business and it has caused their business to shut down that business partner is apparently well aware that this what this would have caused and did it intentionally so they want revenge uh but we'll come back to that later cut to the opening scene which is always amazing as per usual and then we get to see our boy's new suit in all of its yellow glory and i gotta say this guy's rocking his yellow suit perfectly uh is it the kill bill suit it is the kill bill suit of course um and yeah so in this episode we see him say some kind of posh guy around the same age as him he starts off quite arrogant but we learn that he is nice to children uh when a child ends up smacking an ice cream on our mc's butt and our mc's about to kick off he's like just ignore him he's he's a bit of a dick uh we notice him soften up through the episode uh and then we see them get captured by these three that we saw earlier on because it turns out the father of uh, this guy that we saw, the guy being called Leo. Um, he is the owner of the company that caused the trio's company to its downfall. It's 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 a mess. Uh, I was I was a bit confused, but I finally got it near the end. Uh, and Leo seems quite shocked, and through all of it, he's kept his cool. But near that end, in point, he seemed kind of shocked. He's like, "Do you not realize my dad doesn't care? He wouldn't, even if it's his own son's life in danger, he wouldn't care." Uh, and then Leo, Leo kind of disappears from the shot for a bit. We see our MC obviously whip out his card, trying to defend Leo, etc. And then we see our guy in the red suit, uh, our other main character. I keep forgetting the name of uh, Chris. Chris comes back. Uh, he comes in with his car. Th- throws a, a suitcase of a million dollars uh, and Leo Leo comes walking through the door again. Obviously, he, he went and got Chris or something. I'm not sure. Um, and yeah, he throws this briefcase of a million dollars and IMC's like, what, you're going to buy them out? Really? These thugs? And Leo reveals that he is also a player. He has the Seven of Diamonds card, which is called Never No Dollars. This card allows him to use... to transfer oh not transfer sacrifice is the best word sacrifice money to gain something of equivalent value so he sacrificed a million dollars to gain a heat seeking um tracking never missing rpg basically and you see he touches it and you hear a ka-ching sound and it disappears and he snaps his fingers and the the weapon appears i'm like okay that is a really dope ability but you gotta find the money from somewhere first um, in the wrong hands, <clears throat> I imagine you could see things like bank robberies and stuff like that. But in the like, hands of a rich man, uh, in a rich, sorry, rich boy whose father is, is you know, like a billionaire, it's kind of perfect. Uh, and by the end of the episode, we see him and the MC become begrudging friends. And we learn that he is also a member of High Card, the only member that we hadn't met yet. And he gives both our MC and Chris uh, a good old telling off saying how they were reckless and put them in danger, etc. And it was a very well-rounded, nice introduction to Leo and his power. Cool. Do we get any information on whether or not the uh, the cards actually... The suits have different abilities? We have not yet. Okay. It seems to revolve more around the icon on the card, not the suit. So, like, the the fire-type uh, power that we saw had, had a flame on its card. So it seems like the icons are definitely more important than what the suit is. No, but I meant the suit gives you an idea as to, like, the type of power. Like, hearts could be healing, spades could be damage. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't worked out if, if the suit dictates the type of ability it might come under. 
Not currently, sadly. Um, skip it through, guys. Malevolent Spirits more non-negatory. Uh, also, Reborn to Master the Blade from Hero King to Extraordinary Squ <coughs> Squire. Excuse me, I got hiccups. <laughs> and Ayakashi Triangle. All three have not had a review this week due to the episodes not being released on time. I believe Ayakashi Triangle and Malevolent Spirits released like half an hour before the podcast was due to start, uh, at which point I did not have time to review them. Um... And Reborn to Master Blade from Hero King to Extraordinary Squire. I'm very sad I didn't get to review this week as it is one of my favourite shows of the week that I avidly wait for. Um, so we will get a, a review for that next week. Likewise, Cooper won't let me be invisible and campfire cooking in another world with my absurd skill. We'll have no review this week due to us moving to a Monday time slot, therefore missing the Tuesday shows. So now that we skipped over that, we head into Bofuri. I don't want to get hurt, so I'll max out my defence season 2. In this episode, we see Maple challenging the wrong boss. Uh, this one happens to be a secret boss, uh, and when she wins, it awards her the skill Pandemonium, and after meeting up with some rival players, she beats the real boss and moves to level 5. Uh, however, this is later than everyone else, as she was offline for a bit with a cold, like she was in Season 1. And Meanwhile, Sally finds out that the level 6, after they've been through level 5, it was a very short uh, spree in level 5, I will say, before we move on. Um, it was like a cloud kind of level, but we really didn't do much in it. They kind of just skipped over it and went straight to level 6 then. And we found out level 6 is a horror zone, and as we know, Sally is terrified of ghosts, ghouls, and all things horror. Um, but she tries to face her fears because they are flying boots, I believe she wanted, and an agility boosting skill that she really wants. Unfortunately, even though she makes it through the forest and gets to the mansion, they're unable to find the item on the skill before she eventually gives out and says, I can't take any more. However, they do get a skill for being in the mansion for a set period of time, um, which allows them to basically, I believe it was, converse with ghosts and spirits and things like that, which obviously was kind of ironic considering Sally is absolutely petrified of them. Um, so it was it was a very funny episode to see. Very much looking forward to some more Bofuri. And yeah, uh, I hope you guys are also enjoying it as much as me. Now, sorry, go on, Duff. I heard you. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say that, um, yeah, it sounds like a lot happened this week. Oh, yeah, it, it was it was definitely a lot. So this week, there is no review for the Eminence and Shadow. We're currently on a short break for Eminence, just while they uh, gain their mojo back, shall we say. So moving along after that, we've got the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady. Ho, ho. First things first, guys. The red-haired maid. Ho oh boy. Ho oh boy. Is she... Is she... She's... She's... She's cute. She's ferocious. She's fucking... She knows how to deal with both of them. Uh, especially the princess. When the princess has been a bit too much for Euphelia. Uh, yes, definitely a, definitely a favourite character there. Um, we learn that Annie and Yuffie have begun living together. But Yuffie hasn't quite gotten used to her new environment. Her new job or her new position. And seems to simply be at the mercy of Annie. Uh, as Annie is like saying, oh, can you try this for me? Can you try that for me? Try this uh, mana blade. Which, by the way, looked cool as fuck. It was like a little dagger. But when she poured her mana into it, it 
become this great uh, kind of broad sword of blue mana light, and it was brilliant. Um, so she aroused the sword. She aroused the sword. Uh, and yeah, it seems like Annie's getting Yuffie to do all like, the testing, because obviously Annie doesn't have any magic of her own. Uh, which, you know, it kind of makes sense. Um, again, we see the maid being savage with a sharp tongue. And then we kind of start to learn that uh, the prince is being a little bit rebellious still. Uh, he, he's not shifting in his position of marrying a commoner. Which, whilst I do stand firm in the belief of, you know, you should be able to marry whoever you want. I, I always agree with people who kind of do that angle in anime. Um... I do understand the king's frustrations of the times and the hierarchy system, and I don't like the way he treated Yuffie in the first episode. So as such, he does not get any sympathy off of me. Uh, lock him away and throw, the, throw away the key, please, and just give the title back to Annie and make her become queen. Get her to marry Yuffie. We all live happily ever after the end. Um, in an ideal world. Now, moving back to Yuffie and Annie later on, we see that Annie has gone out of her own way to make Yuffie a special sword of her own. Another weapon, yes, we see in this episode. This one is more like a rapier. Um, and on the hilt, it has a little, what could be described as about the same size as a pocket watch uh, circle. And it has different colored crystals growing on the edge, probably symbolizing different elements. And we learn that this sword is made specifically for Yuffie. Yuffie. Yuffie can enhance her sword strikes by putting a mana into it. And she can choose an element to coat her sword in. So she can use a water sword, a flame sword, etc. And she can also use the sword as a wand to direct her, her spells with. And so it, it's uh, both a range and a physical weapon. Um, the blade is called Arkansil, which means rainbow. And as Annie described, she named it this because rainbow colours are as beautiful as Yuffie. Um... Oh. And and y Yuffie kind of gets a little bit flustered, and Annie's uh, being all cute. And Annie literally worked herself to the bone for four days straight without any sleep. And whilst they're sat against the tree, she uh, falls asleep in Yuffie's lap, and Yuffie just starts crying, like wishing that she could be more like Annie, more of a free spirit. Uh, and we cut to the end, and I'm like, dude, I just, I just, just get, just kiss already. Like you need to like calm down, yeah. Just, just let them move at their own pace. No, it's chill. It's too slow. Give me all the episodes now. <laughs> I suppose it's a good sign is if, you know, you're saying, give me all the episodes now. Um, yeah, because you want to keep watching. It sounds really good. It sounds like a really, really good show. Um, no, it, sound, it sounds... It's, it's the typical thing of, you know, wanting to be free. Yeah. But, but sometimes you just can't because, like, you're not built that way, which sucks. Um, but, you know, who gives a shit what other people think, right? Just, just you do you. Exactly. Now, guys, much like Ningen Fusion, adventurers who don't believe in humanity will save the world. The Ice Guy and his cool family colleague still has no dub. Um, we'll let you know as soon as the dub releases for those and start reviewing those shows. Mm -hmm. Moving on from that, we got Technoroid Overmind. This week, I've got to be honest, guys, I was underwhelmed with the episode. Please excuse the ad on the screen, blinking YouTube. Um, it's a YouTube premium, man. Come on. Yeah, that means money. Um... <laughs> So yeah, I guess Technoroid Overmind, it was a meh episode up until like the last five minutes, if I'm honest. Um, I honestly wasn't like, I was in a half, half a day's watching this episode because it was just boring up until like the last five minutes. We did meet a new character. She was pretty cool. Um, she kind of just gave them more confidence in themselves. And we learned now that they're moving up into a kind of higher level of babble. Their performances are not lo no longer recorded, they're also broadcasted, so people could see them as well now. Uh, we noticed that there, there's an improvement in the music and choreography, 
Um, I do wish Crunchyroll would add subs for the music so that we could get some kind of idea of the lyrics that they're singing to give us that extra bit of uh, immersion and feel and so we know like kind of like oh what's this song about we, we see these pretty I mean, colors and dance moves and the, the k-pop as a whole is, is brilliant to hear um and when i listen to k-pop i often listen to it but i have like read the lyrics for like once or twice um so i do like kind of knowing at least kind of a vibe of like what is it about because there's one thing that I'll, i've highlighted before is that you can see these really high energy, it looks really happy openings or closing musics in anime. And yet some of them can be talking about like death or other other um, unfortunate things. And you're like, should I really be bopping to this? Um, so yeah, I, w- I would like to at least have, have like that kind of a, that option to have the lyrics on the screen maybe. They could also, of course, be talking complete bollocks and just making up words as they go along. This is true. As as non-cultured people, we simply don't know what they're saying. Exactly. But after they've had their song and dance, no pun intended, um, the friend uh, they meet their backup with the friend that they made in this episode, and we learn that his bit be- that her sorry big brother is Kite, the leader of the best group in Babel. Now he's a skeptic of their performance and criticizes criticizes them quite harshly, stating that they can't understand the music as their androids are not humans and they have no hearts. Um, and it, it kind of hits home for a couple of them and it, it was kind of in this society is kind of what we would consider kind of racism um, you know I, I get you're saying that they don't have hearts but to this point androids are evolved enough to understand emotions and have emotions of their own as we've seen um, so it seems like he's quite a skeptic and uh, quite quite harsh and I, I didn't quite like that little end bit but you know like I said the episode was meh as a whole but the music I gotta be honest did bring it back so it was an alright episode uh hope to see them do better next week see even in, in shows like this you can't get away from you know basically racism but i feel like especially in shows like this it's probably going to end up being a case of you know learning not to be racist and knowing that you know stereotypes and that shit is wrong mm-hmm. uh so that'll probably get better as the show goes on uh but we uh by we i mean you shall see i do indeed now i'm gonna let dav start the next one so i can eat some of my next food so um dav take it away with tomo chan is a girl all right tomo chan is a girl yes she is so let me just quickly uh i'm trying to there we go oh that hasn't helped uh hang on there we go. Okay, now I can read what I wrote. <laughs> okay, so um, basically, uh, this episode sort of uh, so it seems to focus quite a lot on uh, you know Tomo uh, dealing with the fallout uh, of her finding out that uh, Junichi and Misuzu uh, dated in the past. Um, it turns out that it wasn't like really dating because it was only like three days. And in the end, uh, they find out that June actually is the one to break up with Misuzu. Um, not quite sure. I feel like there was something more going on there, but we, we didn't really get... We didn't get so much of the backstory, so, but I definitely feel like there was more. Um, it also... Uh, he does... Uh, his idea of a date was to cycle, um, which is uh, a horrible thing. I hate cycling. It's his exercise. Um, but his idea of a good date was to cycle really far away and look at a view, which obviously doesn't really fit with Misuzu, but it does fit with Tomo. See, those two guys, they're going to make a good couple eventually when he realizes that she's a girl and not a boy. Um, <clears throat> also, Junichi really doesn't like the karate captain. 
Uh, I think it's because he sees him as a potential uh, lover for Tomo. So I don't. Th- so that's why I think he doesn't like him. Certainly at the start, um, because obviously he is in love with Tomo, but we have that's not been confirmed. But it, it kind of has, um, which also leads to a great little bit where he's like, "Wait, this is a dude," because he thought that she um, that the karate captain was a girl. Uh, he he really lives in 2023, guys. He he doesn't see gender. He's having a good time. Um, <laughs> so and then they also have like an interaction on the bus, which is really a nice interaction. You've got a sort of um, both of them sort of let their guard down a little bit, uh, you know, sort of talking and, and sharing in some of that. Uh, and also then um, June sort of goes back to being his crazy self of not allowing anyone to, to get too close to Tomo. Um, I also know, I, I've sort of noticed it in the previous episodes, but it, it's sort of cemented in my brain now that these episodes, are, I feel like they're sort of two two episodes in one. Um, they're sort of, because there's that separation in the middle, which really strikes me as it's two separate episodes rather than one long episode, which is kind of cool. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of shorts. Um, you know, it's like lots of little stories in one episode. Um, but they they kind of do it and it flows nicely. It's not too jarring. Um, so it's it's quite nice how they do that, actually. It's like the halfway point. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, then later on, Tomo, we get to see Tomo wearing jeans. Damn, she looks good in jeans. I, I really appreciated that, that look that she had there. Whew! Things that I would do. Uh, Misuzu, uh, and then also because they're not in their school uniform, Misuzu is, is dressed like a middle-aged woman, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, she really is, though, right? It's such a middle-aged woman look. She's got like a really long skirt. She's got the cardigan. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like that that middle-aged woman look. Um, uh, J- uh, yeah, Junichi likes walkies. We found that out. Um, you know, with the whole scene where it's like. Uh, so, so Tomo asks him out on on sort of a, a, a like a hangout, but also date because she's trying to get closer to him. Uh, he acts like a little dog, which she was surprised by. Uh, but it was very much that he likes to go walkies. You know, he he likes walkies. He likes playing fetch the stick. Um, also, Carol is uh, seriously fucking stupid. Um, just I just want to point that out. Just once again, just she's an idiot. Um, also, the the karaoke is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Tomo can only sing kids songs. Um, seeing so they actually so they they did the normal stuff. They did the bowling and the stuff they used to do when they just sort of hang out and it wasn't a date. And then they went to karaoke, which was more of a datey thing. Uh, she sings a kids song and it, it, it sort of got a bit awkward. And then it cuts to later on. Uh, we find out that June did refuse to sing, so Tomo just screamed kid songs for three hours, uh, which I think is a pretty, uh, a pretty tragic, not tragic, um, a pretty catastrophic date, uh, unless you are people like Tomo and June, where even that is not seen as cringy or anything like that. It, for them, it's, you know, it's, it's fun. You know, it, it, it's one of those things that I think will bring them closer, that sort of date. Uh, but also, June has never done, uh, karaoke before so well when he's in there he thinks like we get a little bit of an inner monologue and he's like ah so this is how karaoke works and they're just sat in silence so yes karaoke works by sitting in silence in a, in a small dimly lit room apparently uh and also tomo uh, even though she can only scream kid songs for three hours she still sings better than me that's, that's what i learned from that episode um overall it was it was a good episode 
it's I feel like the plot is is moving. Like in no episode is sort of um, I don't not stale or stagnant, but it's so some animes you get an episode where nothing progresses in terms of plot. You know, we just get like character interactions. We might learn some stuff. I feel like every episode of this show, the plot is going forwards, and you know they're really sort of working on getting together. So um, I'm really enjoying it, and uh, you know if anyone else is watching it as well, I'd love to know uh, if you think that June is also in love with Tomo. Yeah, uh, I, I mirror in my notes. I pretty much mirrored a lot of what Dove said. Um, like I said, Tomo started off very angry. Uh, I do like how uh, me, me, and Dove were. Revert? Fucking hell. Refer, refer to Misuzu in different ways. So Dav uses her name, Misuzu, and I refer to her in the same way as... Um, Gundo? Gu- yeah, I refer to her as Gundo uh, the same way as... Uh, 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 what's his face? June does. The uh, same way June does. <laughs> so it's, it's quite funny. Uh, I want to add that um, even when... Dav... I, I, which is her first name and which is her surname? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I think in Japan, Gundo they... is, is a nickname they've got for her. Is what I'm trying no, to I think it's definitely a first name and surname. Because um, um, they're very much... Oh, so it's Gundo Misuzu. I just saw that on the trailer. So Gundo is her first name and Misuzu is her surname. Yeah. Um, they, they refer to her more as Misuzu because like Japanese culture, it's very much you speak to people by their surname. So that's... I hear it more, so that's why I call her Misuzu, not Gundo. <laughs> um, but yeah, there we go. Sorry, carry on. Um, I found I found that even back in the day when she did date him for like three days, she was still evil. She only did it to prove to the other girls that she that you know that he picked her over them. Um, yeah, she she was twisted and just dark. She still had that aura about her, um, which was I, I thought was brilliant. Um, I'm surprised she even lasted three days, honestly, with with those with those bike rides and all that jazz. It uh, yeah. it was it was definitely hilarious to see. Um, I think it's it's not just the the karate guy he's jealous of. I think it's all guys in general. He doesn't like any other guy getting close to Tomo. Uh, he is yeah, very protective. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but that's, that that was the example there. I I think cements that he's he doesn't like other guys. But as as Tomo says herself, you know he's he's always been weirded around other guys. He's he's just never liked other guys. Period. Um, I don't even think I've ever seen him be friends with other, any other guys so far in this series. I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very much a, a case of, you know, Tomo may be one of the guys, but there is literally only June and Tomo. <laughs> That's the only other guy that he likes is quite, Tomo. Quite literally. Quite quite literally. Uh, we, do, we do realize that, he do, you know, he does notice her as a girl um, after his conversation with, with um, Mizaki. So yeah, it was a. It, I thought it was a very well-rounded episode. Um, I, I think the karaoke at the end bled my ears a little bit. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was painful. Uh, I love. Oh her. yeah, Misuzu can sing. Damn. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but I was I. Damn! I wish they got the phone. I wish they got the phone just to see Tomo's atrocious singing. Oh god. Oh yeah, I know. So he was watching it in the in the um he filmed her singing. Uh and then the the other two, Misuzu and Carol, were like, Oh, we heard you recorded it and she immediately comes hurtling around the corner. <laughs> like, you know, she, 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 she knew. She's like a bloodhound, just like I I fucking knew. It, you it was like a shark had just smelt blood. It immediately just came out of nowhere and just just decked them. It was so funny. It was it was brilliant. It was it was brilliant. But I thought it was a well-rounded episode. I like how you know at the start we see 
him and Gundo and she hates the sporty dates and by the end of it he's with Tomo and they're kind of doing some some sporty stuff and you know Tomo loves it so it was mm-hmm. a, it was a very nice parallel very well-rounded episode and a very good uh, continuation mm-hmm. to the series there's also something I wanted to point out I haven't I can't really work out exactly what it is yet but June is stronger than Tomo uh, which which is established in the episodes both from um, Tomo uh, and June. Um, in a fight with wolves, June uh, Tomo would win, but June is is just stronger. Uh, and when they go on their their like bro date, they it very much seems that like she tries to keep up with him. Um, you know, she doesn't want to be weaker than him. Uh, so he so when they go bowling, he uses a heavier ball than he used to. <laughs> I know she's she's like well I have to use that to, to sort of match him. I feel like there's something in there. There's something in there's like I think maybe part of her past, like maybe the way she's been raised or something like that. I think that's why she is the way that she is. I think she's incredibly competitive and that she 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 has to come out on top. And I wonder if it is because of the way her dad is. Um, you know, he's he's the trainer of a of, of um, uh, of a martial arts well, so, yeah, and it's very hard on her that's what I'm thinking I mean you look at her old man they, they, she's gonna be raised this way you know um, so yeah it, it's not surprising at all the, the way that she's been raised period uh, I also find it interesting though, how she would win in a regulated fight because obviously uh, our boy doesn't really uh, can't really play by the rules is what I kind of gathered from it whereas in the dojo where there are no holds barred he, he can beat Tomo, um, yeah. which it was just quite an interesting take. It was more the case of okay, so mm-hmm. if you were really laying down, then uh, you'd win. But if you're uh, doing it for competitions and things like that, you're going to get your ass beat. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how that goes forwards. Um, you know, with, I wonder if they will actually compete on screen for us to see. I feel like that's going to be a part of the story. So it'll be yeah, interesting. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I feel like when it comes down to it, my what I kind of took from it was that. Um, June has more strength, but Tomo to me then has more skill. Because if Tomo can win in a regulated competition, usually in those competitions, speaking from past experiences, you need skill. It ends up being more like a dance than a fight. Um, yeah, like he'll he'll things. win dirty, she'll win clean. Yeah, so it's it's that skill versus strength kind of aspect. Mm. Uh, but yeah, all in all, very good episode. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. Welcome in both uh, Lover and Fred there. Sorry we, we didn't catch you. Uh, Fred, I know that Fred's at work at the moment, which is hilarious. He's just, he's just, he's just he's so slow, he's, he's joined us. Thanks so much it's, for that, it's Fred. That, it's that it. slow. It's that slow. <laughs> it's that slow, he's got his phone now. And he works retail, so that's how slow it is. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> After that, guys, we've got Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon Season 4 Part 2? And no, it's not wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon. I will say this right now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, from what I saw, guys, the boss fight extracted a heavy toll on the party, uh, and they kind of had to make a choice to go one way where they would live, or if they go the other, you know, they'll kind of die, and they're like, well, we want to go and save Belle and the elf girls, so we'll go the way that we're probably going to die, and it ends up in a lovely, colourful boss fight again, more chaos, more action, combat scenes were brilliant, it looked beautiful, not a lot of plot progression. It was mostly fight. And you know what? I'm okay with this because it is a beautiful show. Um, 
And that's pretty much all I have to say on this episode. Like, the Ice Dragon looked brilliant. The abilities looked beautiful. We did get to see the end. Belle and the Elf Girl still missing. Still badly injured. Still bleeding from every single part of the body that you could think of. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully, you know, we've just gone from one boss battle straight into another one. So, hopefully, next episode, we get some uh, story progression. But all in all, I mean, guys, it's, it's still brilliant. I mean, I, I'll take a good old action episode if I, if I, ha if I have to. And uh, I ain't going to complain about it. Only sometimes do you complain about action episodes. I mean, only sometimes. Only sometimes. Now, more interestingly, when I can talk about in depth was Spy Class. We learned so much in this episode. Oh, right. So, you set the pace, guys. Our team have gone in to conduct their mission into the factory where they're going to steal the, the, the master's plot from the team. So, the team are going one way, the master's going the other way to steal the. It's because I'm kind of serum. And the seven girls. <laughs> Fuck's sake. And the seven girls go in, and they encounter someone, someone very familiar, someone we've seen in the anime before, and we start thinking to ourselves, well, you know, the original team were very renowned, even by their standards. They never could have failed to the point where every single member of the team would have died. Hmm. So what could have happened? Traitor! There was a traitor in the midst, and it gets better. The traitor was the teacher's old master, Mr. Gudo, who sent him on the mission uh, away from everyone else. Which technically means Gudo knew what was going to happen and sent him on a mission so he wouldn't get killed. Or so he thought. In actuality, we learned the teacher was meant to die on that mission. Uh, and Gudo has been working all along for the other team. Um, but we will learn later on. I will just cover it quickly now because I, I don't want you guys getting too much of a bad breath on, on him. He does still have a heart. He did care for his comrades. We're not sure exactly what happened yet. We didn't get to learn it before he got shot in the head at the end of the episode. But he did have a heart and he did save uh, his his student right at the end because uh, the, the shot was aimed for his student. So he did. he does still have a heart. Uh, obviously I imagine maybe it was his family or something like that they had held hostage against him and he needed to turn traitor he was forced with a harsh choice if I had to imagine anyway let's rewind going back to the revelation that it is Mr. Gudo uh, we learn that he used to live in the old mansion uh, obviously like everyone else in the previous team and he had bugged it from head to toe the girls never stood a chance uh, he knew their plan. They'd been listening all along. Um, and we had some incredible action scenes. We did uh, sadly get to see all the girls defeated one by one. But we did see their individual talents. And then we had one of the biggest plot twists. So teacher finds the serum and manages to get out. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to bother saving the girls. And the, the old master's like, well, why? You know, th this is your team. You're just going to let your team die again? And he's like, no. I have confidence in this team that they will beat you. He said, because little did you know, I knew you wiretapped the house from the start. I found every single wiretap. Every single one. And in the in the letter that I sent flying down to the girls when they first entered, I told them about this written down. So you never heard a word of it. Um, I told them never to reveal their individual talents inside the mansion so that you guys would never know. Uh, and we see them all start whipping out their special abilities then, like... Um, 
the the leader of the of the group, the girl who can use poison. She created a poison foam and got him with it and all all that. And it was it was brilliant. And I said that was the biggest plot twist. I but I think I was wrong there because the biggest plot twist was the yet to come. Because even though he was poisoned, he was still able to take her down. And he took them all down. And he was like, ha ha ha, look at me. Turns his back for a second. And her backpack opens up. How suspicious. Out comes an eighth girl. The eighth girl of the team that we've never met before. The eighth <laughs> girl who arrived on day two of their mansion. Uh, and it, the way they worked it was she was never seen. She was never heard. Uh, she never said a word. She wrote everything down on paper. Um, and she was their secret weapon. Because her her name is codenamed a fool. Her real name is Erna. And she specialises. Her special ability is misfortune. She can sense impending doom. And she can cause catastrophes. Um, and as proved when they think that they've defeated him. And he's about to slice the leader of this squadron. The girl uh, girl's throat. Uh, she pushes her out the way. Uh, sensing the impending doom. Uh, seems like we have a very OP character here. There was a yeah, lot. Yeah, cause catastrophes. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty damn powerful. So yeah, it, it was. Uh, there was a lot to this episode, and there was a lot of plot twists, and it was brilliant, and had you on tender hooks from start to finish. Amazing. Now, guys, my life is in Kai-san's dog. We don't have a review this week as the uncensored is not released on time. Sadly. I know. But I'm not watching it with stickers all over the place. Uh, short review for Revenger this week, honestly, guys. Because, as always, I am rep- impressed with the animation. But the story was so bland. There was not enough action at all in this anime either. For an anime that has centered itself around a lot of action, to have no action in the episode did kind of feel a little bit redundant. And I know that's opposite to what I usually say. But, you know, it's, when you set a tone for a show and you... 360 it's not it doesn't always feel great especially when they were i get what they were trying to do they're trying to get us more involved with the characters trying to show us a little bit more but it ended up just more like it felt like a filler episode um the story became quite stale so all in all i wasn't really impressed with this week's episode um by the animation which is always is absolutely gorgeous um no, that's all I really had to say on Revenge of this week. But it's interesting you like you know you've you've gone so far from complaining that there's too much action to now complaining that there's not enough action. Yeah, but I never complained there was too much action in this anime. Um, <laughs> this one specifically. This one's fine. I like it in this anime. Well, because it, it started that way. You know, when you start an anime in a couple of episodes, you set the tone for the rest of the show. Uh, yep. You're either going to have something balanced, you're going to have something more story driven, you're going to have something more action based, and. This one set the tone for it being more action paced, and then they threw an episode at us with no action at all. It was like, what the fuck? That's left field. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's exactly the point that I raised initially. You know, yeah. I think I think they have their place. I just find it funny that you were the one who has gone from one to the other. Get in the Gundam, Mike. I won't touch Gundam, Fred. I won't touch it. <laughs> uh, Onomai, I'm now your sister. This episode was hilarious. We meet Ma- uh, how Mahiro-, Mahiro makes a mad dash to the bathroom. When he, she, it opens the door, he, she, it finds the facilities are already occupied by a high school girl he's never met. Um, she's a bold fashionista and her name turns out to be Kaide, uh, Mihari's old classmate from middle school. Mahiro is initially a little nervous around her, but as he gets to know her, uh, he, she, it learns how much of a nice person she is. And becomes quite attached to attached to her. And then out of nowhere, Kaida asks, you never done it before, have you? And begins to scooch close, closer to a puzzled My Hero. My first impression as a Kaida was, she is freaking cute. 
um, that, you know, they did a very well design, uh, especially with the color palette. You know, I, I very much love the pastels in, in this anime, how they've used them. They're all very light tones, not a lot of dark tones. Um, the food looked great. You know, I always love anime food. They, they cook some, some great bolognese and it looked oh sublime. Um, Kaide has a typical Gyaru uh, character design. You guys heard me talk about this type of character before. Um, fashionista, very well very well built. Uh, always has a keen eye for clothing, nails, hair extensions, etc. Now, when she scoots closer to my hero, there's a lot of sexual tension. She tends to tease her, uh, but she didn't want the duty. She just wanted to apply makeup to her. She's like, you've never done it before. You've never applied makeup, have you? you got such fresh skin, uh, which is kind of hilarious. And then they go shopping for clothes. And uh, when I say there was so much boobage, it was unreal. There was so much boobage, it was unreal. And I'm talking about, they maybe put a tiny piece of fabric over uh, Kaede's um, Nipoles. And it was, uh... Sorry, over her what? <laughs> Nipoles. <laughs> over her nips. Um, yeah, it was a lot more sexual tension than I expected from this show. Cause I mean, I know that we've talked about porn, and we've talked about, you know, you know, all, 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 the, uh, all, all the masturbation senses that they've had in this anime. Uh, it's, it's turning slowly more into an hentai for the seconds of the sounds of things, but it's not. Um... It's, uh, yeah, Kaede definitely added something to this show. Uh, it, it was hilarious, but it was, she added more than that, let's say. <laughs> but nonetheless, it was a brilliant episode as per usual, and I'm looking forward to seeing where the story of this guy continues to go. Yeah, it's a really weird, just, I just, can you imagine waking up as a girl? Weird. Uh, yeah, just, just, just imagine it. It's, uh, it'd be a strange one, wouldn't it? I really would. <coughs> now, moving on, guys, we have Ice Blade Sorcerer Shall Rule the World. Uh, I have the read. I have read the manga for this. I'm excited to see Dav's impressions for episode one before I give you my own. So take it away, Dav. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, there was uh, yeah, there was some serious. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It, it, there was stuff that I was able to predict very strongly from that first episode. Um, not that it was not that it was poorly done or anything like that, but we'll we'll get to it. So episode one, I've dubbed it the Harum Begins because he ends up bumping into like six sexy women uh so that happened so also my i think you've got the wrong trailer up I so do. <laughs> the intro uh the intro left me this is, this is the first time i saw the intro i normally do skip the intros like after i've seen them once this one left me with a lot of questions there, there i feel like there there's a lot that's just going to happen in the show like i mean it's going to be like there's a lot of stuff happening so i have no idea where it's going in the long run but there's some pretty obvious things that i was able to grasp uh, so yeah, the the hang on. Oh yeah, so uh, the 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 intro to the MC was super smooth. You know, uh, girl almost falls over, but bumping into him, he's like, "Oh, sorry, miss." Like very like the girl immediately blushes. Very like smooth. However, there is the very uh, stereotypical nobleman looking down on commoners. It's found that he's the first commoner to have ever attended this school. So. It was, uh, which is why then immediately people turned on him. No matter how smooth you are, if people are going to stereotype you because they're classist, you're screwed. So uh, there wasn't much you could do about that. However, the hot redhead, uh, Amelia Rose, uh, in fact, one of the most noble families, uh, the most noble, actually, out of like, the top three, um, who are basically on par with the royals. She's very humble. She likes... She's immediately sort of gone to him and, and befriended him. 
which is very nice. She doesn't give a shit about class, which is how you should be, because who gives a shit where you come from? <clears throat> also, he very clearly, whether he is or is not a commoner, he's very clearly more than just a simple commoner. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, so also then they have the uh, the intro to the sort of school where the headmaster or headmistress I should say is is uh, walking through everyone and talking to them, introducing them to the school. Looks like a cult because everyone's there in the black cloaks, and I thought, oh my god, it's the Illuminati. It wasn't them. It's fine. It was just the kids just in there like weird wizardy cloaks. Uh, I also really appreciated that they used that it was a, it came off as really natural the way they used the classroom, uh, the classroom environment. To give us a bit of uh, lore to the world, a bit of an exposition dump. Because uh, sometimes, you know, you can watch a show, it re they'll, they'll give you an exposition dump. It really takes you out at the moment. Uh, you know, it's just badly done. This was nice. It flowed well with character interactions. So that was, I was, I was actually quite impressed with that because that's done wrong so often. So that was really nice to see. Um, also, I feel like, so magic is like computer programming, right? So they're talking about like programming and code. I need to take bits of code out recode it put the code back in i'm like okay of course there's computer programming i can get behind this show because I, I know a lot about computer programming so that was kind of cool then we get the sexy blue-haired chick uh which we found out is uh elisa i think it is what it was um she's a half elf from her first intro in the classroom uh where she asked about a very advanced technique i got the feeling that she's a very well-read um magician She's highly intelligent. Uh, she's very shy, though, uh, which, of course, having the the elf ears, um, you know, understandably, there would be to do with racism and all sorts of stuff like that. The MC sees, uh, sees her ears, which is Ray. Uh, he's just a super, like, nice, genuine guy. Uh, and, you know, he's like, don't don't hide your ears. You know, they're great. Who gives a shit? It's so refreshing to have, like, a, especially, like, an MC who's just like, I just don't give a shit. Just, just chill. You know, who gives a fuck what anybody else thinks in this world? Which is a really nice take. Uh, then there was a really cool strip scene with Evie, where they were just in the in the dorm room together. They shook hands and like, oh, I understand who you are now. And then they just strip, but their clothes just explode off and they're just stood there. Uh, that was really weird. <laughs> just boom. Yeah, man. Bro was getting their clothes off. Okay, cool. I didn't fully understand that scene, but I think it's a symbol of... Um, that they they respect they he knows so so evie knows that he's strong it's kind of established that the ice blade sorcerer didn't wasn't very good at magic uh so i got the feeling that they kind of bonded over the fact that they were strength because they were fucking ripped they had like a fucking rippling eight pack of just pecs just twitching all down their stomachs um so i got a feeling that they that's kind of the bonding but it was really weird how they're like ah, i understand who you are and then their clothes just explode off <laughs> very weird scene but very funny um and then uh, wrote that Rebecca uh, is is my girl. I forget which one Rebecca is. No, oh, Rebecca was the purple head fit girl. Because uh, every girl's got different coloured hair, which is helpful to another colours. <laughs> so that one was my girl. That was my favourite. She was a third year. Uh, pretty strong. In fact, one of the... I believe she was the second most powerful noble family behind the Rose family. Uh, so he's already befriending like the most powerful families, which is kind of cool. Um, also, and then towards the end of the episode... Uh, he's having a conversation with the headmistress privately. They've known each other for a long time. They've obviously served together. And then there's the, I say big reveal, but I called it from basically the start. Obviously, he is the Iceblade Wizard, uh, which is explained uh, earlier in the episode that the Iceblade Wizard is one of the seven 
like grand I believe, yeah grand sorcerers uh he only three of them are known the other four they, people don't even know their aliases uh, they know who two of them are, and then the Iceblade Sorcerer, they knew who he was, but he went into hiding after a war. Uh, so obviously this is him. Uh, now, I reckon, based off uh, how he wasn't very good at using magic, and I'm going to go for the int- uh, information from the intro cutscene, he is now unable to use his magic for an un... Uh, obviously at this point in the show, it's, un- it's unknown... I believe that he lost someone, uh, and some form of PTSD is stopping him from using it. Either he's choosing to to stifle his powers because he's scared, maybe potentially he's the one, or or he may feel like his power caused her death, um, or uh, he he sealed it away subconsciously and now he can't access it. It is established that he's still very much a dab hand with a sword, so he's still got his sword skills there, but his magic is gone. Um, now, if uh, I'm trying to sort of time it with, with, the, um, with the trailer that's going on in the background, but I can't really do it. There's one moment there where you see like a dome, and then you see someone uh, is in the rain. Someone, is, he's, it, someone with dark hair is holding uh, what is a, another person. I believe that that is the person that he lost. There it is. I'm a bit behind. Um, so it's a person with long blonde hair. He has lost someone. I don't know what their relationship is yet. It could be family. could be love. could just be a close ally. Uh, but obviously that's going to get revealed as the show goes on. Uh, obviously, I don't know if anything that I'm theorizing is correct because I have no idea. Mike does. So I might be very close to the truth or I might be so far off it's hilarious. Um and then obviously the one, the, the last thing I want to say is I loved the outro. I thought the outro was so cool. Uh, so I'm excited to see what comes next. It was a very slow episode, being the first episode of the season, um, but I'm excited for the twists and turns that I I very strongly sense are coming in the future of this show. So yeah, guys, there's this. I have a lot of positives and a few negatives for episode one. Um, so, how do I put this? Initially, when I when I read the manga for this, it, it was it was brilliant. You know, it's, it's definitely one of my it's in my, it's on my S tier list as I as I put it. Um, now, what I noticed already from the get go is they cut a lot already from the source material. Uh, that was that should have been in episode one. That has caused the plot holes that Dab has identified already, um, or not so much that Dab's identified. More of the case of that he should know things that he doesn't currently know, um, due to this. Oh, such so as the reveal of him being the, such as him being. So you should know why he can't use his powers right now, or uh, you should uh, know okay. things like that. Uh, it is very happy. I'll get into that as I go through my review, guys. It, it is. It's not major. It's not really. No, it didn't ruin the episode for me, but it did irk me a little bit. I don't like when things are cut. If you're going to do an adaptation, do it right. Um, I, I, I'll say this. Obviously, I don't know what comes next. Um, transferring from medium such as manga to anime, they may show things. Um, they may show things later, which is actually like um, Scalera just said. So, um, you know, stuff that came out initially, potentially in like the first chapter of the manga might come out in episode two or three the pacing is different with shows so they, yeah, they you know i i appreciate this is the first episode um 
so hopefully your opinion gets turned around as the show goes on because i really enjoyed it as a first episode so hopefully they kind of you know they rectified that complaint or not complaint but they rectify that point that you have and put it in future because i i know stuff that has done that so i'm hoping that's the case and they're not just completely changing it from the source material so... which has happened in other shows I'll, I'll, I'll answer this now because I have the ability to. I'm I'm able to because they've already released in subtitled uh, three episode wise. Mm-hmm. Now, whilst I I completely understand what what Skull is is saying, and yes, it's it's true in a lot of cases. Uh, I know with with this show in particular, uh, I'm not going to go into what or anything because that's spoilery. And we're not going to talk spoilers, um, but I know for a fact that they talk about the thing that I'm going to explain in a minute there, which is in the manga. So, which means they have completely cut out how it was originally revealed. They've just gone into it as if we're already meant to know. Um, ah. And it's really okay. frustrating. Like, okay, you kind of have to do a double take and put the pieces together yourself. And it's it's really annoying. But anyway, let's get into it, guys. So, it had an incredible start. Now, the opening scene does set a very impressive tone of voice to come. The opening mir- music, to me, hits this completely. Um, it's a very well-done opening theme, which is one of my top... Which is, like definitely in my top five for this season um haraki is very much a huge part of the curriculum as dav has mentioned uh it's prevalent from the first episode as well but there are some people who just don't give a crap about it and it's nice to see uh i like some of the english job voice actors uh the lines have definitely changed which is one of my other bugbears uh obviously translation is always a thing some things hit funnier uh, than other things now a good example is in the first scene when he first meets that arrogant bastard um in the dub it ends up being more of a funnier kind of vibe like the way that that guy's reacting than a serious vibe uh like in the japanese um but that that's that's just how i saw it uh, i understand obviously translation is, is always going to be different um now to me when when i was first watching trying to put myself in the mind of someone who knows nothing about it to, originally came across as ray uh kind of you know he, he was hiding how good he is at magic um he was hiding, you know, the, oh, he wants to live life as, you know, as a, as a chill kind of guy. He doesn't want to be noticed as much. So he's just going to be like, nah, here you go. Um, you know, because as, as we already know, he's the Ice Blade Sorcerer. Um, he's obviously in this school for a reason. You know, he's already done his, as we already know, takes in, in the army. He's an ex-soldier, as we uh, found out in this episode. Uh, and he's ripped. So he has talent and he seems to be hiding it. Why? Well, why was already revealed in the manga, uh, which is one of the biggest things that is annoying me. It's not so much revealed, more the case of Dav pretty much hit a lot of it nail on the head. Um, he's unable to use some, if not, but yeah, say about eighty percent. Let's not use whether whether my theories are correct. I don't think we should. I don't think you should confirm. Um, because that that then is really close to boring uh on bordering on spoiler territory okay um so i i feel i feel like you know as long as we're talking about theories it's fine but if if you say yes your theory is correct that to me especially for some people can come across as spoilerish that's fine that's fine um so yeah guys it's it's very much a a case of as as someone who who's like I said as knows uh, read the manga, has seen the dub, has seen some of the sub. It's more frustrating than anything else, knowing that they've cut uh, a fair bit of it out. It's, it's very... Whereas it used to be quite coherent, it's lacked that coherency in a lot of places. 
uh, which is more frustrating than anything. But nonetheless, I am very impressed with the with the animation, um, especially in the starting scenes where we see, like you see in the trailer here, that was very uh, impressive for me. I was glad that they managed to pull that off as just as well as they did originally. Um, you know, again, it was the comic relief was you know meeting his what will be his best friend, uh, his roommate, them both being absolutely ripped. That was that was completely hilarious um i was very glad to see that they again did that uh scene very well i was worrying they were going to cut that as well because you know it's kind of it's, it's not really relevant uh as you put it and considering that they, they've not even really uh making it clear what they are and are not cutting um mm. yeah i'm glad they didn't cut that because even though it, it, as far as i'm concerned it, it had no um it had no... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It didn't add anything to the story, to the plot. There was no progression. But damn, was it a funny scene. Yeah. So yeah, Fred, answering what you said there is, is exactly what, what you're saying there. It is the worst way to adapt it because they have cut content. And from what I know future-wise without, without saying how, they they don't, like, like I mentioned earlier, they don't reveal it to you. They just act as if you are meant to have already known that you are meant to have already inferred uh, what has happened, why he is the way he is, why people don't know, etc. You're meant to already know it comes across, um, which is the most frustrating part of it all. Um, whilst you can infer a lot of things, such as him being a part of the army, such as him having a past, um, one of the biggest things I will highlight here, whilst, whilst we touched on spoilers earlier, is that I have a bugbear with when you go into trailers and they show too much, or when you go into opening scenes, sorry, and they show too yeah. much opening no, scenes. No, 100%. Uh, they have done that in this completely. Yes, uh, yes, 100%. They have shown agree with you. way too much, uh, and it's infuriating. Um, so, yeah, it's... It's really annoying. Like in the within the first five minutes, it was already the case of, well, that didn't happen straight away. You were meant to find out how he got his power, and then go into that scene that we saw at the start with the ice dome. That was the biggest frustration thing for me first, because it's like, well, now you've kind of just botched it. Um, so yeah, I've got I've got like a love hate relationship with the moment, mm. but. When I put myself into the mind of someone who's only watched it the first time, I can appreciate it. It's still one of my yeah. favorites because I love the story. I think it'll be interesting with both of us reviewing that as someone who's read the manga and as someone who hasn't read the manga. I think it'll be a good, um, it'll be good to view from both points to see what we think. Oh, one hundred percent. And you know, like I said, when I, I try to put myself in those shoes, it's very good for what it was. Like I'm, I don't, don't want to sound like I'm bashing on it too much because for what it was for a first episode for one of the most anticipated ones of the season it was good i can just understand why like you can you can search this up on twitter as well guys i can understand why that this was uh being getting a lot of flack for its first episode um so yeah that was uh you, it was uh, definitely more good than bad for me i will say that it was definitely more good for than bad that's such it a was... shame though, that you don't get to watch anime anymore yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a big part of my youth uh, sort of defining who I am, uh, and I'm so glad that I I can. Well, I I, I do watch it, uh, but now I'm really glad that I can do it on here as well. So it's, yeah. it's a real shame when you do something like that. So uh, I'm glad that we can bring you, you know, some sort of enjoyment <laughs> from this just at a at a shit show. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting going forwards with this anime uh, to see what both of us think from the two different perspectives we have. It, it will, 100%. Yeah. I, I just hope that they uh, bring it back a bit. now. That yeah, we, we'll, we'll see how it goes, yeah. 
moving on to farming life in another world. Right then, I think it's about time I try and decode whatever the bollocks Mike has written. Do you agree, Mike? Mm, okay. <laughs> you don't sound too good about this. What's going on? Do you not do you not like these when I try and explain shit that I know nothing about? I love them. I love them. Okay, good. So we're starting off with uh, Vampire Identifies Salt, uh, which is good. It's 2023. You can identify as whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Also, weirdly, as I said that, the time was 2023. How bizarre. Uh, but he, if he wants to identify as salt, he can identify as salt. It's absolutely fine. Uh, which was staring him in the face. So he knew that there was something different about him. He wasn't normal. Now he finally knows that it was salt. Uh, in the face all along and adds light sources. Uh, I think what that is, is that now he's he's internally, he's shone a light within himself and now he understands that he is salt. That is how he will identify and go forward with his life. Uh, this time, uh, this t oh, hang on. This time, exactly the same way as with the vampire, an angel attacks wolves. Now, this is interesting. I'm not familiar with angels, uh, you know, sinking their fangs and drinking the blood of their enemies. Uh, but sure, whatever. Angels can do what they want, right? They're angels. Uh, I've never seen an angel drink blood, though, but there we go. So, uh, yep, uh, first, and the wolves and spider tie her up. Uh, I presume that that is that the spider did the tying up, not the wolves. Otherwise, the wolves would have to have, like, opposable thumbs. So, I, I don't really know. It's probably just the spider just sink, uh, spinning it with web. Um, yep, and let's see. Uh, and they surround her. Uh, then turns out she knows uh, Lulacy um, and is one of the ones after her. So she came after Lulacy. Lulacy came first. She came uh, after. We don't know if it was second or third, but it definitely was after. Uh, and she is called Tia. That's the angel. She's called Tia. And she finds out that Hiroko and Lucy are married. I have no idea who either of those people are. Uh, I'm going to guess it's Lucy Hartfelia, but I could be wrong with that. Uh, Lucy went on a rampage for blowing things up, uh, which, uh, yeah, she she uh, she just blew everything up because she could. Uh, she used presumably um, plastic explosives uh, based off the sort of level of technology in this. That's probably where they are in the time uh, time period where they can use plastic explosives and you know semtex and stuff like that so that's probably what that was uh doesn't sound great but there we are uh and uh blowing things up where noble demands that she makes medicine so they're like here you you make our people feel better and she goes no i blow you up instead so you you if you can't feel anything you can't feel bad that's how that's how that was her medicine her medicine was stopping the pain by stopping the life so, uh, interesting technique. Not normally doctors don't do that, but there we are. Uh, and so Tia moves into the farm, uh, into the farm life, yep. So she moves into the farm life, which uh, is getting up at stupid o'clock in the morning when it's still dark and no sane human should be awake at that time. But that's what she's decided to do. She can also make golems and heal. And we learn that there is also magic. Well, I would have assumed there was magic, considering we have uh, a tool which can transform to any sort of tool he needs. I presume that there was magic in the world, but apparently we didn't know that until episode three or four. I've lost count at this point. It all blends into one. Uh, but she could also create golems and uh, heal. I presume those are healing golems. So they they probably they probably have just got like a giant like red cross on their chest to know that these guys are the the healing sentinels. 
not the Killy Killy Sentinels, which I presume someone else will make. Um, so a whole new stable-like dog area is made, uh, which presumably means a giant kennel, because dogs stay in a kennel, not a stable. That's where horses stay. Come on, Mike, keep up. Uh, as uh, And the dogs and the spider spider's family just keep growing. Damn, those are some horny ass animals uh next we have uh, lee leaf lacotte leeway lily lita and lees which are all part of the lucy Lu- uh, the the lucy evolutions so the lucy Lu- uh that so uh, when lucy evolves she will evolve into one of those forms depending on which stone you give her um uh they all come to the farm thanks to tia um so she must have she must have caught i i guess she's caught a lot of them uh, to have all of the evolutions, uh, and they're all high elves. So I presume that they're high elves because they're probably on the second floor, not on the ground floor. That would that would be a normal elf, or in the basement. That would be in uh, like a low elf uh, would would live in the basement. Um, their homeland was destroyed by humans because of course it was because humans can't have nice things. They have uh, they have nowhere to go and need to repopulate. Well, you know what that means. They're looking for the bangy bangy good times. Um, they're very knowledgeable construction workers, miners, bakers, and blacksmiths, which basically means who the fuck needs dwarves anymore? Uh, and you can't call them dwarves because we're in 2023. You have to call them um, vertically challenged. Um, adding more skills to the family because this is just a giant family just something which i'm not going to say because it'll get us demonetized uh land is on the demon lord's <laughs> domain uh which i think we've already established but he's he's still saying it's his domain uh and the wolves are infernal demon wolves and the spiders are demon spiders which means they're cool and the uh, and probably that's why they attack the angel because it's probably angel demon racism in this world i would assume so uh, and finally, hilarious, I want more episodes. Oh, sorry, just to give it the correct uh, tone of voice that Michael wanted is hilarious. I want more episodes! Because he put it all in capitals. Okay, moving on, Mike. That was atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly how I'm going to describe that review. You butchered that. <laughs> From head to toe. <laughs> I like the Lucy, the Lucy Evolutions. That was quite fun. That was hilarious. Uh, so to give you the real review of this, guys. So yes, while Stab did read it for word for word, he butchered the meaning sort of everything. Plus, I don't. No, I didn't. I got it all spot on. Sure Nothing more needs to be said. We can move on to the next one, Mike. Let's go. No. So <laughs> the the vampire who is living with him, who is somehow his wife now by this episode, where we didn't even see a wedding service, but hey, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, when it doesn't identify as salt. She identified the salt in the in the ground when he, he was um, shoveling it up, and he never noticed it. And it was a fucking just it was just a white line in the fucking soil. And you think, well, here it's right here. You blind. He thought it was something else. <laughs> and she also goes around adding light sources to the toilets and to the houses, etc. It's great. Um, now, exactly the same way as with the vampire. I'm not saying that she sucks his butt. <laughs> I'm saying that the angel attacked the wolves, much like how the vampire attacked the wolves. It was a parallel. Um, and just like they did before, the wolves and the spiders surround her. The wolves attacked her. The spiders tied her up. Um, she escaped. She tried to hurt them again. They did it again. Blah, blah, blah. It was an exact parallel as the vampire. Uh, turns out she knows Lucy as she is one of the ones after her. Uh, she's called Tia. And she finds out uh, Hirako and Lucy are married. 
Lucy went on a rampage, uh, blowing things up when a noble demanded she made, uh, made medicine. Uh, and so Tia's invited to move into the farm life with them. Uh, and we learned that she can make golems and she could heal. And we learned there's magic too. Now, we did not know that there was magic before. Yes, he had a magic tool, but this was given to him by God, uh, just like a treat. We weren't sure if there was real magic in this world. Um, and it turns out there is. He doesn't know how to harness it yet, but we may find out if he will later on. Um, now, they build basically a stable and a massive dog area, the same size as the farm itself, uh, next door, because... The two dogs originally, dog bold things, had six kids who then had found partners and had kids of their own, who then found partners and had kids of their own. There's like, I've lost count of how many wolves there are now. Um, the spiders, you know, she pops more children out of her thingy and <laughs> half of the original kids made little parachutes and glided away and the other half stayed. Um, so they're growing as well. Uh, and then we meet, uh, the angel goes away and brings home more people, who are Leah, Leaf, Lakot, Liwei, Lili, Lita, and Lise, all part of the same family. Um, they have lost their homeland, it was destroyed by humans, and they have nowhere to go, uh, and as such, they have learned a lot of skills along the way. Um, and they also need to repopulate. So he invites them to live with them, which clears up one issue, and the other issue, well, I'm sure you guys can imagine, I'm sure they'll resolve, they'll resolve that somehow. Um, couldn't possibly imagine I how. I couldn't possibly imagine how. I, I, I would assume it would involve a jar and some magazines. <laughs> uh, we found out that they're very knowledgeable construction workers, miners, bakers, and blacksmiths. Uh, and as I said, who even need, needs dwarves, just like he says in the anime. Um, it seems like dwarves are very redundant in this show, uh, in more ways than one, apparently. Uh, redundant in their jobs, in case no one got that joke. I might need to explain that. Uh, <laughs> But they add more skills to the family. They're able to make weapons. They're able to make furnaces. They're able to make all things metal. Um, they l teach him construction. So he now knows how to build better houses. They build like a three-story house for all the elves to live together. Um, and though we did not know that the land is on the Demon Lord's domain. Because he's worried about, is he building on someone else's land? That, who owns it? No one owns it. It's just in the Demon Lord's territory. But so long as he's built it and he's made everything from scratch, and he technically owns that area that he's built on now, uh, that's how this world works. Uh, and yes, lastly, uh, the wolves are infernal. Demon wolves and the spiders are demon spiders, which, as I've said, means they are cool. And yes, I want more episodes. So I got the bit about them being cool, right? Yes. You, 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 like I said, you got that bit right. That bit. Also, I don't know. I don't know what you're on about, Star. I, I mean, that was a perfect description of the show. I don't, I don't know what the problem is. Huh? Oh. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll go with that, right, guys? We'll we'll say that. Perfect description. Anyway, giant beast of ours. Hmm. I mean, short review. There were lone supplies. They they escaped off, and three companions seek shelter in a nearby village. Uh, they meet a youth who dreams of becoming a paladin. Um, he was kind of bland, if I'm honest. His character design was kind of meh. Uh, it was a very good episode. It was interesting. Not a lot of action this time. It definitely still has the same dark aesthetic out originally. But it is nice to see new characters finally being introduced uh, after a few episodes. Uh, will we maybe see another paladin? Possibly? Maybe he'll become a paladin. And if he does, then we might see another uh, spirit woman who could turn, it, turn into another weapon. Which would be kind of cool. 
I mean, I would like to see that more paladins than just this one guy give us kind of like a power gauging, see where he's at in comparison to other paladins. That would be cool. Uh, but other than that, that's all we really got. Maybe it does foreshadow more paladins in the future. I'm not sure. But I'm sure we will keep you all uh, in the loop. Um, after that is Sugar Apple Fairy Tale. Dav, take it away. Oh. Oh, I'm going first again. Okay, hang on. Let me just quickly uh, change. Uh, there we go. Okay. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed this. It, it was very different to a lot of the other stuff that I've been watching. Uh, it's it was very much not action. Um, not <laughs> um, not the sort of normal stuff I'd watch. But I enjoyed it. Um, it follows the main character. Uh, you can see on the screen there. And who's 15? And basically, uh, she loses her mother. Um, off camera, so it's almost like a classic Disney film because it's immediately her parents are dead. Uh, she has to, or she wants to go off and become the uh, the sugar apple. Um, I forget exactly what it was called, like sugar apple queen or something like that. Uh, because she likes, she cares about the fairies like her mother did, like her mother raised her. So she's got to make things out of. Uh, so sugar apples can get made into this, um, like I don't know material which can then be crafted into certain shapes it's essentially food sculpting uh which is is kind of cool uh we find out that fairies wings are their life so i'd imagine like a like a human's heart their life is in their wings uh and obviously they are uh they are slaves uh in this world so he, uh, they've only got one wing because humans take their other wing uh and keep it and uh, whenever the uh fairies uh, disobey they squeeze the wing to cause the fairies pain which is pretty horrible um oh uh, so at the start she encounters after she's traveled to the city she encounters this uh guy who's essentially torturing this fairy because this fairy tried to take his wing and escape so he could live his life uh she's a wonderful chicken leg kick and just boots him in the back of the kneecaps um and saves this little elf. Now this little elf uh, immediately runs away and is just glad to be... Just basically tells her to go fuck herself. Uh, he doesn't care that she saved him um, because, you know, humans have enslaved them for however many years. So he immediately got out of Dodge. I presume that we'll be seeing him again and I'll actually come back around to that point. Also, if you see from the intro, there's that tall fairy, uh, which is in this sort of tent, which she encounters in the first episode. This is a warrior type fairy. And I'll tell you what, that is a damn good-looking <laughs> warrior fairy. Uh, he has got sexy wings and sexy eyes. Um, so uh, he, his name is Sean. Uh, he's he's very he's a dick, to be honest. He's, he's just he is really much a dick. I get the feeling he's going to come around with time. Um, I feel like that's obviously how the story is going to go. He hates all humans. She proves that some humans are good. He then likes her. That's pretty much the plot of the show. But you know, I'll still enjoy it. Um, so, uh, then there was a scene where she wakes up and he's trying to get his wings back, um, but because his wing is, like, in a bag around her neck, uh, he, she just wakes up with him just over her, and for a moment it's like, that's a sexy thing to wake up to, but also, like, he hates her, so, like, that's creepy as fuck, man. Uh, they've already just met in, like, less than a day and he's already just mounted her in her sleep, which is just wrong on so many levels um so that was really that was just unsettling uh so then she tries to protect 
the wing by rolling herself up in the in like the the, the bed mat, uh, and then she's like one that is one cozy ass burrito by the end of it. She, I wish I could roll myself into a blanket like that. I looked so comfy. <laughs> I have a pretty big feeling uh, that he knows her mother. Uh, he keeps smelling something on her, and it's like that smell again. I think he knows her mother, and her mother was obviously kind to the fairies. So I think that will be the big thing where he learns to trust her is because she is the daughter of like the one person who was good to the fairies. So it'll be interesting to see how that information comes out um, and whether or not he'll try and actually just use or whether or not he'll try and use that potential fact to manipulate her, not believing it's actually her daughter. Uh, also, we have no indication as to who her father is. So I wonder if potentially she's a half-breed and that the warrior fairy is in fact her father. That would be a crazy plot twist, uh, but it's possible. Um, also, that is he is a cold-hearted killer. Uh, so while on their travels, uh, he's obviously been hired to protect her as a warrior class fairy. He uh, he well, he demands that she commands him to kill, uh, which is weird because she can't just imply that she wants him to defend her. She, he forces her to command him to do it. Some weird stuff's going on there. I feel like that will be explained a bit more later on. Uh, but when he, when she does command him, he goes off. He, he slaughters them, uh, and he has no hesitation—not just killing them, but the horses. Uh, just, yeah, it's just a massacre. Um, also, then, based off the intro, uh, so which I believe we saw at the end of the episode, I believe that the fairy that she saves at the end. Oh, sorry, at the start of the episode, will eventually come back and will reveal that she did save him. And that is one of the things that will uh, cause Shan to start trusting her and, and believing that maybe she is a good person. Uh, the other thing is she's promised that once she gets to where she's going, she will give him his win back, wing back and grant him his freedom. That hasn't stopped him from trying to steal it back. Obviously, I would presume he doesn't trust her in the slightest because she's human. Um... So it was, it was interesting. It was a, it's like I said, it's very different to to what I've watched before. It's very much like sort of story brace, uh, story based and uh, like world based, um, sort of the cuteness of it. I enjoyed it. I'll definitely be watching more episodes. I'd be intrigued to see if any of my predictions come true. Uh, but yeah, I I would definitely recommend after one episode, um, if if you are more into story based anime, uh, this one is a good watch. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed this. Um, I thought it was definitely, you know, I put, I've written down an interesting take on racism, but I didn't mean it like that. I, it's, it was different. It wasn't, it was more like these two races used to work nicely and in harmony, and then the human race decided to go, no, fuck you, we got more numbers. Um, um, as as the mum explains in the first episode, she believes that that's the only reason the human race won was because of the numbers. Uh, so that's what I mean by it. I found this was an interesting take on racism, how humans are now enslaving the fairies just due to sheer numbers. Uh, and it's a story of one girl who befriends and loves fairies, just like her mother. Um, RMC wants to make sugar confections that fairies love using silver sugar. Uh, I do agree with that. Definitely that was it. Hot. Silver sugar. 
Yeah. Uh, and the treaty treatment of fairies in the anime I find is deplorable. Uh, wings are used as a life force to hurt and enslave fairies, as we've seen with the big brute crushing the wing. Um, that that was brutal. I gotta be honest. That that was a brutal thing. It was thing. horrible. Um, and it's, it's sad because they used to live in harmony and uh, now are horrid to them. The way the old man hurts the warrior fairy to make her rush to buy him was also just as disgusting. Uh, I love the scarecrow nickname that he gives to it, and I love the Chinese Mandarin take on the fairy's tree names. Um, he obviously has a history of being abused, and touching his wings is very clear, uh, very clearly, you know, uh, out of bounds. You can't do it. Uh, for some mm. reason, I've lost a lot of my stuff there, so I'm going off of memory now. Um, now, controversially to Daph thinking that it was his mother, I'm going to take it one step further. I think uh, he might have known her grandmother because fairies' ages uh, tend in well in most myth- mythology tend to be a lot longer than human ages and because of how old he looks in comparison to like the littler fairies i'm guessing he's he's quite aged if anything um i wouldn't say that he's he's like the same age as our mc by any any means um maybe like, and the mother duck actually died early as well she looked quite young in what we saw originally so yeah I, I might guess and say it might be a great grandmother or even a great grandmother uh he mm-hmm. might have known but someone along that hereditary line uh, for sure uh yeah i completely agree and i also want to say uh you're absolutely right uh with with the sort of lifespan of fairy tales which i hadn't considered uh there's no indication on this as to the lifespan of the fairy yeah um but yes that's a really good point to consider that i hadn't thought about so yeah it might be a generational thing which if, if that if they do have that long of a lifespan probably not her father probably no probably probably not I, I highly doubt that he is her father i mean she doesn't seem to have any characteristics of a fairy uh, which i imagine a half-breed would have be it ears or maybe a single wing or things like this i'm not sure uh, it very seems more the case of you know she just sympathizes with them because her mother did and she's kind. Um, I'm wondering based on you know the the silver sugar based on her mother's stature based on uh, what what kind of little details we could gain from the carriage and how she looked when she was little. Maybe uh, her her father was was from somewhere else. They I kind of got the feeling that maybe her mother might have been even some kind of royalty, or maybe her father might have been royalty. I'm not sure. If I'm throwing some outward guesses into the world, maybe she's comes from royalty, or controversially, flip it to the flip side, she may have been like um, a traveler, and maybe maybe they were from poverty instead of royalty. I don't think it's a middle ground. I think it's one or the other. Um, if if I had to put it put it out there, um, I'm gonna go with the royalty side mostly because of the guy who kept trying to like get her to marry him in the first episode, the blonde haired guy. Um, before before she went, I was I was kind of like taken aback when I didn't really like his character. Uh, for all, for all, like all of five seconds that we saw of him. Um, so much so I don't even remember his name. But all in all. Much like Dav, not a normal kind of anime that I'd watch, and I, I do like my Slice of Life episode, um, but I'm definitely interested to see where it goes and how it progresses. Uh, I'm just trying to find a few guys, the guy that I'm trying to talk about. Where did he go? Because he was in the trailer. He was a little bit further in. Um, he was somewhere. He was somewhere. It's going to bug me. We will find it's, it. It's so oh, terrible. Yeah. I can't even remember what it looks like. Um, the action scenes as well were, were fucking brilliant. I, I do. <laughs> dude, dude is a cold-hearted killer. No, uh, it really is. Him. No, it went too little too far. Him. He, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he gave me kind of royalty vibes, you know. I wouldn't expect a royalty to go for a commoner. So I'm kind of expecting maybe she has some kind of 
tie to uh, the upper echelon at least um, nobles etc is it me or does he look like a bit of a shittier version of Meliotis yeah I don't trust him either I, I don't like I, he comes across as like the nice outward character but twisted inside to me from like the mm. brief interaction we had I'm wondering yeah. I'm wondering if he's maybe going to try and get close to AMC or something and then just I don't fucking know I, I feel like of, of how little we saw him I feel I feel kind of like I didn't even consider that he could potentially be a bad guy like he was in it for such a short amount of time I thought oh he's a nothing character we'll never see it's him just again. like why would you like try proposing to this girl straight off the bat and keep keep going and going and going he seems obsessed that's what I kind of that's why I'm inferring this I'm like the obsessive yeah. characters are never good <laughs> let's put it that way it never ends yeah. well no absolutely uh, I also really appreciate that, like, with, with shows like this where we both theorize about stuff, we've come out with some different theories. Uh, I'll be intrigued to see if uh, one of us is correct or neither of us are correct, which is more likely. <laughs> yeah, more likely than neither of us know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, just talking out of our ass. It's fine. But, uh, yeah, guys, I enjoyed it, and I think uh, I'm looking forward to more. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely be keeping up with this one. Now, I got a short review for you guys this week for The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel because it did, again, feel like a bit of a filler episode, much like one of the animes earlier. Uh, order to obtain intel on the Empire's hero, Lavi's group uh, of four find themselves in the port city of Ordis, which I loved exploring in the game. Uh, they're there to inflate, infiltrate a party, but Lavi has other, other ideas, much to Talion's uh, chagrin. We get to see Mish a lot of Mishi, which is the mascot to um, the Nihon Falcom games who make uh, Trails of Cold Steel and the YS saga. Uh, they're often like big cat plushies that uh, you imagine humans are like dressed underneath them. Uh, mascots. Um, we see a lot of references to battles and random encounters from the game, such as Valamar fighting the ocean uh, the ocean serpent. Um, the clown was kind of weird, but other than that, I found a, a, an interesting plot point. Animation was top tier as always. Uh, and I did actually think the clown was reminiscent of Ouroboros as maybe one of the Harlequins. Uh, so maybe it does have a deeper meaning for later on. But it was all in all uh, a mediocre episode. I'm hoping for a little bit more plot progression next week. That would be nice. Uh, moving along after that, we had Buddy Daddies. And I'm going to put a warning out here for this one. There is sensitive topics. Uh, you've been warned. Uh, so the guys decide it's time to say goodbye to Miri as they take her back to her mother. Well, it'll be one last time on the playground first. So they split up and the blonde guy goes to see the mother and the, the black-haired guy uh, ironically takes Miri to the playground. Uh, which is kind of funny. It should have been the other way around. But it's it funny. Uh, sadly, if we find out that her mum was a deadbeat mum. She's a dancer. Uh, I didn't want to put like in there because obviously sensitive topics. But you guys can infer what I mean by that. Um, and someone who... Never wanted a kid in the first place after her husband took advantage of her. Uh, so obviously she sees the kid as like a negative aspect of that husband. Um, and then we find out that she would abuse and smack her kid and laugh about it. Uh, and it, it gets even more painful and we find out that Miri would just smile and laugh back. And uh, as she was doing this, uh, which, which quite literally infuriated me when I watched it. Um, and then she had the, the goal to break down and cry about afterwards, like, just get out of my life. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's quite literally the case of Miri has no father uh, who loved her and her mother, who is still alive, doesn't love her either. Um, they, they just see her as a 
something that should never existed basically um and it was it's very painful uh episode to watch and it was it was very harmful um so yeah like i said definitely watch this one with with more um caution because it, it for something that came across as, as a bit of comedy it's definitely darker than it lets on it's i'd be honest that's i, I haven't even seen it and i'm i'm no joke i'm actually angry at the moment yeah because uh, people like that can fuck off it, it, it infuriates me um but it's it's nice uh it's nice to see shows you know tackle issues like this um and something that i i kind of want to say when it comes to something like this is you know this this young kid has basically been so unwanted and unloved um, and I get that, you know, people in the world will feel like that. But just because one person doesn't want to doesn't mean nobody does. And clearly, you know, these two guys, you know, this is no, in no way does this benefit them, in, you know, with their lifestyle and all sorts of stuff like that. But they, they're good people and they clearly care about her. Um, so it's, it's, it's a nice, I'm going to say it's a nice story of, you know, people showing that just because one person doesn't want to doesn't mean nobody wants to. And I really like that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, guys, moving along, we had My Hero Academia. <sighs> wow. So Bakugo first kicks us off with saying, idiot, if he dies, I'll kill him. And that just made me giggle. I, I was like, <laughs> that's funny. I, I've heard that so many times in media. Every time I hear it, I still laugh. <laughs> uh, and then we get a lot of Hawk's backstory. Uh, admiring All Might and Endeavor, we learn about his shitty upbringing with an abusive, uh, manipulative, murderer father and a mother who's deadbeat and useless. Uh, he wishes he never had Hawks. Mother eventually takes Hawks away from his father, but even she breaks down to her instability and could have easily become a villain. She sells him to a hero nurturing environment agency, strips him of his original name, and pays his mother and separates all legal ties she has to him, making him free of her and her free of him. And Hawks doesn't mind because of how he was treated growing up. Um, distrust of heroes is clearly getting worse by the day. Heroes are resigning due to public outrage, like the number eight hero, hero um, decided to leave. Uh, re regular people are picking up support items to defend themselves, which is proving dangerous, and the villains have successfully sown the seeds of chaos. And we end with the whole Todoroki family, including the mother, which uh, was up until now in a mental institute, uh, meeting in Endeavor's room, uh, stating that they all need to talk as he breaks down and says they need uh, they need to talk. Not including Darby slash Toya, obviously, because he's a villain. And it seems that they're, they're, the mother and the three kids are there to try and give Endeavor a, a much-needed slap and a wake-up call. A much-needed, you know, whilst you were a deadbeat father, abusive, man manipulative, whatever, you were only in it to try and make a perfect uh, hero before your own ends so you could find someone to beat all night. Uh, you've repented since then, you've grown since then, and now we need you as the number one hero now that All Might has retired. Uh, we need you as the number one hero to to prove to the world that heroes are still needed, and uh, Darby, whilst your son is still a villain, and needs to be treated as such. Um, and it seems like that's what the next episode will be, um, based around the, the rest of his family giving him a slap and a wake-up call. Seems like a pretty heavy week of shows. Yeah, this it was definitely, uh, definitely heavy and unexpected. I mean, he's doing all right, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, uh, just got to check in, you know, because whatever some people might say, people care. Yeah, 
short review for Togger Avengers this guy this week, guys. Basically, I called it future leader of the Black, Dra- Black Dragon. Um, uh, says he'll join Black Dragon to save Takamichi's life. Uh, we have a little bit of a convo between Takamichi and uh, the guy who he shakes hands with to go into the past. And we learn that when Mikey asks, does anyone, any of the top brass, uh, object the future leader of Black Dragon leaving Tullman, uh, Takamichi this time, uh, obje- puts his hand up and say he objects. Um, there was not a lot of action this time. It was basically, I called it last episode, and that was it. So it'll be interesting to see next episode. Uh, what will happen now that he's objected? Will Mikey take action? I'm not sure. What's going to happen? I don't know. Will you? I don't know, mate. Will I? Can, can, you, can you give us any hints as to whether or not you will? I don't know, mate. I'm thinking about it still. <laughs> I, I better be the first to know, mind. I will. I will. Of course. Good. Now, the reincarnation of the strongest exorcist in another world. For those of you interested, the dub has released for this one. Episode 1 is out. Uh, but we are reviewing the sub. And the first thing we learn that's unusual is Amur, uh, the commoner, with the affinity for all four elements, uses a sword. Now we head into the practical exam. You fitted amazing with her no incantation spirit magic. She used Windlands and Fire Nought and pretty much destroyed the targets, and everyone was startled. Seiko sta- startles everyone again with his exorcist magic. Um, he his magic is even stronger and blows apart things but we learn that he can't do wind magic because it's not technically one of the four elements from his original world uh, and he hasn't worked out how the light or dark magic u- works yet so he, he managed to use earth, water and fire uh, and even then he still was surprised but Amio took it to the next level as someone born in this world and with natural profinity for all the elements uh, she destroyed all six targets with powerful magic uh, it's theorised by some minor characters that she could even be the hero uh, in the celebration thereafter uh, lesser demons invade uh, of course they're all after the hero who is again speculated to be Amio uh, and Saika finds out after attacks in battle against the leader uh, under, um, underestimating the demon's strength, that they also believe Amio to be the um, hero. We then learn in a plot twist that Seika's practically immortal with his little human-shaped paper that he uses. Uh, he can be slashed, he can be stabbed, he can be killed, and so long as he's got one of those on the field, he can be brought back to life. Uh, it allows him to elude death so long as he has enough of them, and he's been making them since he was able to uh, in this world. Uh, he finishes the demon off with a Chinese dragon named Ryu, uh, even the demon lord we find out can't control dragons, but Ryu tries to run away. Uh, however, it fails in its endeavor, and Seiko recaptures it, adding it back into his arsenal. Uh, and then we learn that his goal is to serve under Amu because he doesn't want to be the hero in this story like he was in his last life. Because the hero attracts all the unwanted attention and gets killed, and the smart way to live is to be the one serving under the hero. Um, you keep it under the radar, but not enough to the point where you're unnoticed. Um, uh, knowing full well that he's stronger, and he, he even states that he'll kill the Demon Lord himself if he has to. Um, he just doesn't want to show people his true strength, so he's not noticed as potentially being the hero. Yeah, being a hero comes with, uh, you know, a lot of fun, but also the paparazzi. And nobody likes the paparazzi. The paparazzi, yeah. Uh, have a good evening, love it. Take care, man. Take care, love it. Misfit Demon King Academy, uh, I didn't delete half of what I said last week apparently, so that's fine, basically how we did all the uh, the duel of intellect. Uh, we had an interesting new character, it was clearly female, but her face was like, had a black void with like thunder in it, but you could see underneath it like features like eyes and a mouth. Uh, it was a strange but interesting design, we learned that she has amnesia, but RMC takes her in. 
Uh, and then we see some weird Tolkien spirit tree that looks like the tree from Zelda, and some more demons that are introduced with some very interesting character designs, but I will say not a lot of plot progression, it's all about learning more kinds of magic. Um, but with a lot of interesting character designs, which is always a nice bonus. Then we move on to our favourite money-making anime, which is chilling in my 30s after getting fired from the Demon King's army, and our MC is manipulative as fuck. Um, sorry, wrong one. I'm on about saving 80,000 gold. This is chilling in my 30s. Chilling in my 30s actually was Dariel lives by the Lux Village. Uh, how it once flourished due to a nearby mine. When the demons took it, they condemned the village to a slow death. As the mine is Dariel's old workplace, he decides to visit to see if there's anything he can do for his new home. He meets these cute little knockers that he used to work with before, uh, little like black demon things. Uh, and the new leader that replaced him in the Demon King's army was an ass, and Daryl beat it. Uh, and I was, I was saying, I was trying to make a pun like the leader was an ass, and Daryl beat it. He beat his ass. Um, it was a pathetic fight, honestly. Daryl was too OP for him, uh, and the soldiers were scared, but they still retained their honor as Daryl beat it into them as he kind of reignites in them. Like, remember, we don't hurt non-combatants. Um, not them not knowing it was Daryl because he had like kind of like a barclava on but he was still able to say the words that they know and love so it was a, it was a short but uh entertaining episode and very much the case of they brought it back from last week which i like to see now as i was trying to explain saving eight thousand gold in another world for my retirement now, RMC feigns illness to be allowed into the Baron's estate, which was strike one on her manipulative streak. Then she claims she's from a foreign nation of Japan. Technically true, as it is foreign, it's over the ocean, the ocean of stars that is, but that's still strike two on her manipulative streak. They admire her tux, his noble attire, and she shows them a multi-purpose folding knife, and they're in awe, stating that this is from a faraway land. Strike three on her manipulative streak. Uh, she makes up a story of a father who passed from illness, strike four, a mother who died, strike five, and her younger brother who's alive, strike six, and how sh he is the success of this foreign land, strike seven, and how due to her leaving her land, she's given up her fake successorship, strike eight. And then she starts showing them all these lovely pearls and uh, a little flip knife and things like that, and they, you know, all brought from her other world, uh, starts selling them to them, makes up a story, says how the mother is of... of of this barren family reminds her of her own mother which was like strike nine my girl th this girl like manipulated them so many times in one episode i was like the fuck is going on she, she she's got a silver tongue we'll say it should be a uh, saving eight thousand gold with my silver tongue uh is what this one should be called but um <laughs> it was still funny it was still i wonder i wonder, I wonder how much silver her uh, what the exchange rate is between <coughs> silver and gold because uh, if it's pretty good, she could sell her tongue and get some gold as well. <laughs> I mean, we learned the one gold coin in this world is $10,000 in the real world. How much is $10,000? $10,000 in pounds is like a currency. No, no, no. How, sorry, how many gold coins was that? Oh, one gold coin. One gold coin. Oh my god, she's, she's going to be minted. She is going to be loaded. So yeah, brilliant episode as per usual. Hilarious and funny. Moving on, we got Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro's second attack. Uh, we meet Misaki, which is Nagatoro's older sister, and we learn she is just as much as devilish and a tease as Nagatoro is. Nagatoro is. <clears throat> but no, we don't. In fact, we learn Misaki is worse and more evil and more playful than... Uh, I don't mind whatever it says then. More playful than Nagatoro. Uh, she tries whipping up picture books and teasing Nagatoro, and Nagatoro gets very flustered and... 
Yeah, her sister's like ten times worse than she is, and Sensei's just like the fuck. Um, Nagato's hair stands up on end and even resembles a cat ears when her sister surprises her. Uh, and the music is hilarious every time her sister walks in. It's like boss battle evil music. Um, which is absolutely hilarious. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it was it was very nice to see uh, you know some more characters being introduced. It was nice to see some Nagato family. Um, and yeah, I was I was very happy with this. Uh, and we we do learn that uh, Nagatoro's name is Hayase Nagatoro um, because her sister lets it slip, and they get both get flustered uh, learning her real name, and it's very cute, as per usual with Miss Nagatoro. Oh, adorable! And we're gonna finalize this episode reviews of this week with a blue look. Uh, Your favorite anime. Very very good anime. Uh, opening is still meh. I preferred the first one, but this episode at the start revolves around Isagi finding the missing pieces to his football puzzle. Um, yeah, when I say puzzle, is that's the imagery he uses when building the game, how he's going to win. Uh, it kind of shows like a silhouette of himself and the puzzle pieces that he's missing. Uh, and in this episode, all those puzzle pieces come crashing down, and he rebuilds himself from scratch. Um, and the first is that a Millennium he... puzzle. <laughs> And the first thing we learn is which is, uh, you know, the guy's ability, which was to be behind the ball of the player. He learns that a one-on-one doesn't just happen between two players who are next to each other. It happens between two players anywhere on the field. Um, we learn about Naruhaya's backstory, uh, about his father dying and how he wants to be a footballer to support his mum and younger sisters. And then the counter-attack begins, and it states how average Joe plus average Joe equals Isagi. And Isagi learns to learn other people's abilities, so long as they are the same skill level as him, which allows him to learn Naruhaya's ability of being behind the player. Um, Naruhaya tries to emulate Isagi's direct shot ability but fails. Uh, it was a cheap imitation, but when Isagi imitates Naruhaya's ability, he manages to do it perfectly, um, showing his true ability of being able to adapt and learn people's abilities at the same level as him. Uh, they very much show Isagi's evolution in such an epic way. It was is quite brilliant, and it earns him the new nickname, the Genius of Adaptability. Um, they decide to take Barrow uh, as as their third teammate, and they move on to the next zone. Very very good episode. And now we are going into our character versus character of the week. Did we are. Dav has picked one this week, so why don't you go ahead and explain to us what's going on this week? Well, first of all, uh, let's just have a look what happened last week, shall we? I'm going to pull up Twitter and see if Lamb did as I asked and posted it uh, on the Twitter. Okay, I have now posted the poll. Uh, let's see. So last week, uh, I won last week with Loxus Dryer over Luck Voltia, and so so that's another victory for me. Uh, I've just posted the poll for this week now, so you guys can start getting voting on that. So this week's uh, competition is not a normal fight or a battle of wits. It's a battle to become the ruler of our new land. This week, uh, this week's anime, uh, sorry, the weekly anime review has now formed a nation, and we need to pick who is going to rule our nation. So we have two candidates for you today to become the ruler. We have Maximilian Pegasus 
from Yu-Gi-Oh, which is my choice, and Light Yagami from Death Note, which is Mikey's choice. I personally will be voting for Pegasus. Uh, I apps he's a uh, I absolutely adore Pegasus. Uh, he is a very charismatic individual. He is clearly uh, a very successful businessman. He knows how to take control of a, of a company, of a situation, how to lead. Uh, he has experience leading, considering he's the you know the president of a company. Uh, and he has people living on his own private island. So it is known that he essentially has ruled over his own people. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Uh, to see how he would deal with being the ruler of <coughs> officially the ruler of its own nation I think he will do very well uh, and quite honestly I would just love uh, you know that every day he or every time he does a political speech uh, he says my favorite line from the show so I very much hope he would do that if he was our ruler so um, I say vote Pegasus he's a man who will lead this company to greatness to six and to success uh before, before you take over mike oh, uh star that. is not on discord or twitter so he's going to vote on here uh so he's going to vote light so you've got one vote for you already but it is now mike tell me about light you've already got one vote and you haven't even told us about him yet so light is a very well-known character from the anime death note please don't watch the netflix live adaptation guys it is absolute trash um, Light Yagami, the possessor of the Death Note, and you know, second to only L. Loliot in his world. Death Note, for those of you who don't know, is a story about you write someone's name and I believe date of birth in the book, and they die just like that. Light has the IQ level to be able to outwit even the smartest detectives in the world to the point where no one was able to find out who was killing all these people. Uh, he manipulated politics, he manipulated kings and queens. Um, he was able to have everyone twirled around his little finger, all because of his powers. But even if you take his powers away, Light's charisma as an everyday student still shone through. Uh, being student council president, being uh, able to do all of his degrees, being able to do all of his studies, work a part-time job, and still take time to kill people, and sleep at the same time. So he was... Let's just run through that again, guys. He was doing his studies, he was doing his job, he was killing a specific list of people... Uh, be it corrupt politicians, etc. He was uh, also manipulating allies to his side, uh, other people with other death notes, uh, all all in a day. Um, so we, we are very aware that Light has the IQ to become a leader, uh, and we also know that he has the charisma to be a leader as well, being student council president and being very liked by everyone, because as one of possibly the most evil characters I can think of, in the anime universe as a whole, he was able to hide his evil side from 97-98% of people, bar two detectives, um, one of, sorry, three detectives, two of which he managed to murder, um, which which is a very impressive feat on a, on a global on a global scale. 
Um, I I judged this more on his on his political prowess and his and on on how he would be able to manipulate the masses, rather controversially to Pegasus's uh, charisma. I tried to battle the because knowing Pegasus is a very charismatic person, I tried to think what could counteract that. Um, I and I went with more of an intellectual kind of side. Uh, with his power of manipulation, uh, complete. I've completely, like I said in the Discord, uh, I've I've taken away the fact, you know, being able to murder people with his death note or Pegasus using his Millennium Eye, uh, any shit like that. We're not talking powers here. We're talking purely based on them as people. Um, that's that's how I that's yeah. how I went to counteract this this situation. So something that I'm gonna bring up now, which Mike doesn't know about, because it was an idea that I'll be honest, I had during the podcast. Yep. So. I like the idea of going forwards now with the anime battles, or, or every so often. Um, we work on the weekly anime recap nation. We need to employ people in our nation. This week, we're picking the leader of the nation who will lead the nation. We will need, like, you know, head of security, head of magic, all sorts of shit. And I think it would be cool. But as time goes on, you know, we create this world of, like, the most powerful nation in every possible aspect of anime characters. Um, so by the time we get to the end, we've just got this just, like, and, you know, you could do, like, a graphic for it. Just how cool it would look with, like, the ultimate nation of anime characters. Yeah. I think that would be so cool. So every, not necessarily every week. Uh, but every every so often we'll we'll add to the nation uh, of the anime recap. Yeah, how does that sound to you, Mike? I I like that idea. I think that's a very interesting, very good idea. Uh, guys, as always, you can vote for this during the stream if you are here. You can vote for it in the Discord, or you can vote for it on Twitter. I believe it's already been posted on Twitter for this week. Um, it has indeed. We have already seen uh, Lamity has posted that. Uh, which means Light actually has two votes. Vex has voted on Twitter for Light as well. And Pegasus has one vote in the Discord from Kojiro. So we, uh, we're getting some traction on this already, guys. We are. Very excited. Um, so I look forward... Uh, yeah, so uh, we will we will do two polls. We will do the one on um, Twitter and the one on Discord. If anyone votes in this live stream because they are not on Discord or Twitter, we will take that into consideration if it's that close. Um, what we will also do is if one person wins on Discord, one person wins on Twitter, I think the best way to do it, it would be just to count who has the most total votes. So combine the two. Yeah, that's what, um, that's what, that's what I'm, I'm going to go forth into is we're just yeah. going to add them up and when we do it on the next episode I'll just give you the final number and we'll have added and tallied that up for you guys. Yeah, so um, you give me, you can give the Twitter number, I'll sort the Discord number out We'll find out on the episode who wins. No duping uh, your votes, guys. I don't want to see votes on Twitter and Discord. If you're going to vote but once, don't, don't, don't be duping or, your shit. Or, or, if you're voting for me, vote twice. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, if you want to, do you know what? If you want to vote twice, vote twice. Vote for us on Twitter. Uh, you know, retweet it on Twitter. Get more people to vote. Get your friends to vote. Uh, tweet it, uh, just also vote in the Discord. Join the Discord. You know, we get notifications when we go live. So join the Discord has great value. So if you want to vote twice, vote twice. Why not? <laughs> you know, no, there's there's no reason that people can't vote twice. The only uh, exception, of course, in situations like with Star, where they don't have either, they vote in um, in the Twitch chat. 
But do you, yeah, vote twice. Go for it. Why not? Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, why not? You know, we get more interactivity on Twitter, more interactivity in the Discord. Who cares? You can vote twice every week. Vote, let's, let's see your votes, guys, and uh, let's, we'll come back to this next week and see who will become the leader of the, of the Lambency Nation. Absolutely. I look forward to it. And who knows? Next week we might do another uh, another department or another another part of the company or part of the nation. Maybe next time we'll do the leader of the criminal underworld. <laughs> who knows? I have ideas. So, guys, we are moving on to now our anime review. Uh, recommendations uh, the anime highlight being within the last two years we're going to throw at you today is Monster Girl Doctor uh, please check it out very good anime show guys please give it all of you give it a watch it was uh, very hilarious uh, I agree completely the finger in the gill also makes me very queasy every time I see it it makes me go oh I'll be I'll be honest I, I totally get why that makes people queasy but to be fair like everything makes you queasy shut up <laughs> I, I had a tiny little cut on my finger when I came over yours last and you almost passed out. I don't like blood. Calm down, man. <laughs> and for our recommendation for the Lambsy Show Recommends, which can be from all time, we are recommending Log Horizon. For those of you who like Sword Art Online and the Cell World and both Fury, you're bound to like Log Horizon. Go and give it a watch. Here's the trailer. I mean, it said trailer, but it was basically the opening theme. <laughs> uh, but yeah guys that was Log Horizon exactly this song is definitely a banger um, 100% give it a watch both the animes I've just shown to you are in English sub and in English sub for those of you who want to watch it at your convenience uh, Log Horizon is definitely on the slightly older side uh, early I want to say 2013 2014 I'm not sure exactly off the top of my head um, but very reminiscent you know it's another one of those you're in an MMO world uh, very fun very 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 great to watch and very enjoyable definitely give it a go guys all right so it looks now it's time for the webtoon of the month so again this month we are discussing return to player uh, if anyone has uh, been reading this let me know in chat i'll try not to go too far forwards uh, in plot progression for you guys um so as you know return to player centers around the main character uh, having the world he lives in turned into a game played by the gods, just a game of death. Uh, he's the only survivor uh, of the game, he's the only remaining human. He gets the option to have a second playthrough, so he goes back to the start, keeping all of his knowledge, some of uh, some, you know, keeping all of his points, so his currency, uh, and then he has to go through again. The second playthrough, he decides to save as many people as he can, as opposed to. Uh, letting uh, just only caring about himself which happened in the first playthrough it's a great story uh you know it deals with uh, a lot of uh it deals with some heavier topics from stuff that he remembers from his first playthrough uh it's, you know and he has to deal with such things uh, in the more uh, in his second playthrough he has to deal with them differently and you know deal with, with character character passing character being formed differently um you know so it's it's a great story uh really worth watching you know as the story goes on uh, you learn that uh, whilst he's able to change his actions to influence the future um you know to save people the future then also changes so he can't actually actively predict everything that's going to happen or how things will be different because certain people are alive or certain people are dead at different points in other playthroughs uh so he goes he goes on keeping his friend jisoo alive 
she's with him from uh, she initially dies on day one but he keeps her alive so much longer so far in this playthrough she is also a super badass with fantastic powers uh fantastic mental fortitude as well to be able to uh, quell the um side effects of some of her powers for so long um you know he he meets old people that he he knew uh, personally in his past life or had only heard of able to who then able to make him uh, better weapons better gear better abilities um you know it's 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 definitely worth a watch uh with a watch with a read uh you can watch it you're looking at pictures it's the same thing if you scroll they move close enough yeah it's definitely worth uh, checking out if you haven't already um and yeah if if anybody has uh, has been checking it out uh, i'd love to know how far you guys have gotten see what you're thinking uh once again uh this there will be one more uh, episode this month which will be next monday so i'll be talking about this uh, webtoon one more time before we move on to the next webtoon so you know if you guys are still reading it you know keep us uh keep us up to date in the chat and let us know what's you know where you guys are getting to so you all know as well guys webtoons website is down still uh for those of you who are using mobile you should be fine the webtoon i've been experiencing issues over the past day uh with login issues etc uh so if any of you are stressing trying to trying to go and read it now you're not alone i also cannot clearly in front of you log in or even access the website right now uh so if you have got a mobile app for it then please make sure you go onto that because that's the only thing that's working currently sorry i was having a drink there you're good and ending with the news uh and if i knew the new if i knew the theme to like the bbc one news i would have done that <laughs> So, I don't think I actually have all that much in the news this week. Uh, in fact, yeah, I've got three pieces of news. Jujutsu Kaisen's manga is going to end this year, guys, we found out, which is very surprising. We're finding these newer big three, as you know, I hate to call them, um, are ending a lot shorter than uh, those that they're trying to emulate, which is kind of funny. Big three, my ass, but hey-ho. Still sad, because uh, JJK is quite fun. Uh... Dragon Quest Champions has been announced for iOS and Android. Publishers Square Enix and developer Koi Tecmo have announced a Melee Command Battle RPG Dragon Quest Champions for iOS and Android. Uh, a release date has not been announced, but Square Enix's Takuma Shirashi is the producer and Koi Tecmo's Tomohiko Show is the chief director. Keep an eye out for more news on that. And for those of you who have been enjoying Nier Automata Vision 1.1a, sadly it has been postponed. Uh, we will not be getting episode 4 for another 3 or 4 weeks, I believe. Uh, they will be, uh, those of you who watch it on broadcast instead of Crunchyroll or something like that, uh, they will be re-releasing episode 1, 2, and 3 weekly. Uh, episode 4 will be henceforth thereafter. And this is due to COVID. Sad, but uh, hey-ho, they gotta do what they gotta do. Sadly, no update for you dub guys either. Uh, but that's all for the news this week guys news news the news, the news. Right. so yeah guys i hope you all enjoyed the episode as per usual if you haven't already please go ahead pop along to the show.com and check out our website here you can find every platform that we are available on you can also catch up with uh, our this weekly anime recap previous episodes this week in gaming episodes create a spotlight episode or maybe you'd like to see some anime reviews or articles uh, we've just recently put out an angel beats review uh, and we do have some other uh, articles in the works uh, you can also I, I have also been informed that my terrible reading of your notes uh, is also going up as its own little thing 
So if you guys want to check out every time I misexplained things that Mikey's written, they're all uh, they're all around somewhere. They are indeed. Uh, if you guys are interested in seeing some game reviews, Vex has posted some up. We've got Gungrave Gorg, High on Life, The Callisto Protocol, or recent reviews. Or maybe you want to be a guest on the show, then here you can fill out guest forms to uh, apply to be on the show and uh, see what you want to do. Or if you want to rep us, then check the store out. We've got some Lamity merch as well. Uh, and of course, we have got some sponsors as well. So if you want to get any little discounts or any goodies, Maybe you're looking at GameStop, or maybe you're looking at Genki, or all things anime, uh, or Humble Bundle, or G2A. G2A is a personal favourite of mine. Then uh, check them out, guys. Definitely, definitely all worth checking out on the website. Absolutely, and also definitely check out the Discord as well. You know, not just to keep up to date with you know where, uh, you know where we're where we're going to be, what time we're going to be doing it, when we're streaming, all you know, all of the announcements, but also you know become part of the community part of the squad just you know join in chat with us and have your voices heard when it comes to things like the votes any polls that we do potentially you know you could influence the uh, you know how the show might change in the future so you know check us out on uh, the discord 100 percent. 100 percent, i completely agree but in the meantime guys that is all from me and that is all from dav and that is all from the weekly anime recap uh, sweet dreams guys take care sweet dreams to you all take care enjoy the rest of your week and we will see you next week hopefully less snotty as well take care guys